0: It's after six a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish moment of the morning radio program. (laughs)
1: I am not a man whos <laughs> not a man whos Di gli 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 krasgallo, gli gli kras, gli gli krasgallo. Ne chodojdi gli 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 krasgallo, Aha, ha, a telesbalo. Bojíme a Ya am a little ha ha a ha bit ay a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit Crascal, the nice Da 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 di ra ra da da ra ra da da ra 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 da da ra ra I'm going to show you the truth. I'm going to show you the truth.
2: I'm
1: going to show you bi yes golden i bahai si be khalam khobashish ruvai le khayim le khayim toivim le khayim toivim le shuloi be sinni we goid لخايم دوري لخايم دوري بي لولو لخايم تويبين Oyo, 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 the Niyi, the Sheifah, Sheifah, the Sheir, Lokai, Lashesh, Abbas, Bhuru, the Niyi, the Sheifah, Sheifah, the Sheir, Lokai, Ashe, Abbas, aha, Ah, Ah, Ay, 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 the Niyi, Sheifah, the Sheir, Lokai, Lashesh, Abbas, Bhuru, Tenni ye ye shey bashiro lokai ashe shabazburu aha ha ayan yan tenni ye bashiro bashiro lokai ashe shabazburu tenni ye ye bashiro lokai ashe shabazburu the Niyi Yisheva Veshido, Lukayla She Shabbos Guru, The Niyi Yisheva Veshido, Lukayla She Shabbos Guru, The Niyi Yisheva Veshido, Lukayla She The Niyi Yisheva the Kailash Shapas Boru. The Yoran Leganor, the Ari Goesahoise. The heroes Baganim, the little coin show Shadim doi ti yur alegador doi ti yur amegador ca harigo esavo esero herois pagani venil coi choi chavi doi ti The doy li. Uroye basho shani. Ahani the li. Uroye basho shani. He hid like the I'm not sure to see
3: able
1: to To see, and will see the
2: I am
1: the Vahlai Joy Leu Dal Koisi, C'était Rahmay me, shete rachamami, sh te rachmay I beg you, Lisey. I beg you, Oi beguli OY oi beguli si, le gola ni, ila bi, la Il the Oira Oira la Shutterha <clarify/ Objection> <frickin word or Mary> my I'm not speaking to the Lord. I'm not speaking to the I know not, I I you, Lehoedos, Lehoedos, Lehoashem, and I pray اني فل هوى Mishkanke קבוי דחו I am a I
2: am
1: Bend over it out the ho, your boy. you go in boy. Yo boy be Biigula yini yivoi boy, yivoi biigula yini bendovit avdecho yivoi biigula
2: yini yivoi yivoi biigula
1: yini bendovit avdecho yivoi Eu vou, eu vou,
2: eu
1: vou, riya asem riya apa riya HaShem ria Abayni ini ria apa ini Timlo halelu kin mosai mosai masai masai timlo khbtsiyo leolamba etishko so piya desin lo khade Mosai ki me khaki marakula <laughs> masai masai temelo te etishko katash be so khub
0: A Shabbos classic from Gershon Viroba it's Mim Komcha. you'll find it on the Om Tov treasury released by Sameach Music, and acapella treasury. Uh, before that the uh, Zmeros brand new acapella CD uh, produced or presented by Yoel Palachik featuring Ellie Beer and um, on the MRM music label at the Zmeros Choir uh, you heard Ben-Zion Shanker and Prok. And, of course, you heard uh, Regesh Modani opening things up. As we say, good morning. JM in the AM, three weeks format Friday on this July 5th, the 27th of Tammuz. We're one week away from Shabbos Chazon, which is the Shabbos before Tisha B'Av. We are just before the nine days, which begin on Sunday night. It's the 27th day in the month of Tammuz, the year 5773. Tough shin Ayin Gimel. Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Matos, and Masay. For a lot of camps, it'll be the only double Parsha this summer. How do you like that? Uh, can- <laughs> we'll wrap up the Book of Bamidbar in candlelighting time at 8.12. 8.12 is your official candlelighting time for this Erev Shabbos. Many synagogues begin earlier. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Uh, Monday, as we said, is Rosh Chodesh Av. Uh, so we'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Again, a one-day Rosh Chodesh Menachem Av, and that is this coming Monday. Reminder from JM in the AM. 77 degrees, 88% humidity. Winds of southwest at 6 miles per hour, mostly sunny with a high temperature of 91.1. Then tonight, partly cloudy, low 76. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, a high temperature, 92 degrees. Yerushalayim at 88, Tel Aviv at 84, Haifa at 86, and lot at 99. Wow. Up in Guilford, New York, our friends at Camp Missouri getting ready for their first Shabbos of camp with 69 degrees heading up to 87. And it looks like a rain-free day, thank God. Um, It looks that way. So hopefully everybody will be enjoying great weather over the next day or two. Um, We love rain, and it is a blessing, as we know. But uh, everything in moderation, as they say. 77 right now in Jersey City, as we say good morning at JM in the AM. We will um, do our news from Israel at the top of the hour. The Shema program with Norman Laster will feature Chazen ben Miller. We will um, have our weekly update as uh, Malcolm Homeline will join us coming up uh, Coming up um, at 7.40 this morning here at JM in the AM. Malcolm Homeline at 7.40 this morning with the weekly update. Here at JM and the Am. Rabbi Yudin is in Israel. We'll hear from him from the Holy Land at 8 15. Of course, we'll wrap up the week at 9 o'clock. Don't forget a full day on the stream at jmnam.org. Appropriate of Shabbos selections. That will be the best. It'll prove to be the best way for you to wrap up the week, for you to prepare for Shabbos. Keep it on in the background, and you'll just. There'll be no better way to prepare for Shabbos than with us at JM and the Am. Org. Jesse Rosenberg is next. It's JM and the AM on a Friday era of Shabbos at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world on the web. JM and the AM.org. Oh.
1: No and No
0: Friday morning on this July 5th, the 27th of Tamos, it's Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Matos, and masse as we close out the book of Midbar. Candle lighting at 8.12. Many synagogues begin earlier. Make sure you know when things start where you are. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Menachem Av is Monday. A one-day Rosh Chodesh Menachem Av, and that is the beginning of the nine days. Late Sunday night, customs of the nine days begin. We'll be here with our... Uh, Lecture series from Rabbi Beryl Wine starting on Monday morning. Mostly sunny with a high temperature of 91.1. We're at 77 right now, and this is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listened to sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Round the world in the web, jmnam.org. Got our uh, news from Israel in the background. Galat Sal is coming up. Then Norman Laster's Neshama program featuring Chazan ben Miller, who I believe will begin his segment with a piece of Rosh Chodesh benching as we bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Malcolm Homeline at 7.40. It's been a crazy week, huh? We'll find out just how crazy with the weekly update at 7.40 Eastern time this morning. JM and the AM and JM and AM.org. Rabbi Yudin will join us from Israel to tell us about Parshas, Matos, and Mase. That's coming up at 8 15 this morning and plenty more between now and 9 a.m. Plus, of course, all day long on the stream, great Arab Shabbos elections to get you ready for Shabbos. There's no better way to prepare for Shabbos than with JM and the AM.org in the background. Shalom, Kan mirban. Shalom to you. We've got Kali Tal in the background, and uh, <laughs> we'll get to our news from Israel, I guess, very shortly. Don't forget our Facebook update page. Jewish Radio World with Nahum Siegel. Jewish Radio World with Nahum Siegel. On Twitter, you have a couple of options at Tall Jewish Radio and at Nahum Siegel Net. I would hope you'd follow both of those and be up to date on what's happening regarding the uh, Jewish Radio World with Nahum Siegel. Facebook feed and. The Twitter feed, at Nahum Siegel Net. That would be an effective way to be up to date on everything that's going on. Try to tweet out some of the titles for Iberro Wine's lectures that we're going to be doing starting on Monday here at JM in the AM. Galitzal Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for Friday, follows next. We say Boquer Tov from JM in the AM.
4: צהל השעה שתיים, כאן שיבל קרמי מנסור עם מה שקורה עכשיו. באו אביים דאגה ממעצרם של בכירי האחים המוסלמים על ידי צבא מצרים, כתבתנו נעמה ארצשיק. בנציבות זכויות האדם של האוום אומרים היום כי הם מודאגים מהדיווחים על מעצר בכירים בממשל במצרים על ידי הצבא. דובר המציבות אמר היום במסיבת עיתונאים כי מעצר הוא הליך מוצדק רק בגובה לביצוע פשעים מסוימים. לדבריו על השלטון החדש במצרים להעביר מדוע עצר כל אחד מאנשי האחים המוסלמים. ולשחררם אם אין הסבר מספק ברחבי מצרים הדריכות מתגברת לקראת סיום תפילות יום השישי אנשי האחים המוסלמים מתארגנים להפגנות נגד הצבא בקיקרות וברחובות דוח חדש חושפת מימדי העוני והרעב בסוריה כתבתנו יעל עמית דוח חדש של ארגון המזון והחקלאות של האום קובע כי עד השנה הבאה ארבעה מיליון אזרחים סורים יחיו בתנאי רעב ושל מלחמת האזרחים והמשבר ההומניטרי הגובר. לפי הדוח ייצור החיטה והכמח בסוריה ירד משמעותית ונמוך ב-40% מהממוצע בשנים שלפני מלחמת האזרחים. אדם שנפצא בוקר קשה מאוד בסרפת רח רחבו בנתניה ניסה להתאבד ואין מדובר באירוע אל רקפלילי כח מאלה חקירת המשטרה ידקנה כתבתינו הדס 2 במסחר במטבע החוץ, הדולר התחזק היום בשלוש 3 עשיריות האחוז ומחירו 3 שקלים, 64 אגורות ומחצית האגורה. כתבתנו יונה לייפזון מוסרת שמנגד, הארו נחלש ב-6 עשיריות ושארו היציג נקבע על 4 שקלים, 69 אגורות ו-7 עשיריות האגורה. ולסיום, שוב סוף שבוע נוח לתיולים, נאה וחם אבל בינתיים עוד לא יותר מדי כשמחר צפויה הקלה מסוימת באומס החום. גם הים נוח בניגוד לסוף השבוע שעבר לא גווה גלים. עם זאת התפשטות המדוזות נמשכת וברוב החופים בארץ כבר מדווחים על תחושת צריבה. אלה החדשות שאורך אליי לוין.
3: the night home oh. Shabbat
0: Thanks to Norman, last another great edition of the Nashama program with Chazan Ben Zion Miller. The second piece you heard in that set was Misha Asanisim. I thought it would be the first; it was the second piece, and that, of course, from Rosh Chodesh Benching will bench Rosh Chodesh Menachem Av. Tomorrow, Rosh Chodesh Menachem Av will be on Monday, a one-day Rosh Chodesh. A reminder from J.M. the AM Friday morning on this July fifth, the twenty-seventh of Tammuz, Erev Shabbos, Parshas Matos and Mase, as we close out. The Book of Bamidbar. Candle lighting at 8.12. Many synagogues begin earlier. Make sure you know when things start where you are. 8.12 is the official candle lighting time on this era of Shabbos. 77 degrees, mostly sunny, a high of 91.1. Partly cloudy tonight, low 76. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, a high again in the low 90s. I'm at 88. Up in Guilford, New York, our friends at Camp Misso are going to be enjoying the temperatures in the high 80s as they get ready for their first Shabbos Up in camp. We are one week away from Shabbos Chazon. The nine days begin this coming Sunday night, late at night, this coming Sunday night, and uh, that means that we'll drift into our nine days format on Monday with our barrel wine and some amazing lectures taking the uh, center stage of our um, nine days programming. 28 minutes before 8 o'clock, Malcolm Homeline with the weekly update coming up minutes from now here at JM in the AM, Rabbi you did to us about the two Parshios this week, live from Israel. Friday morning, JM in the AM, with some acapella Erev Shabbos selections. Keep it right here.
1: Shalom aleichem, Malach Ashare Malach Elion Mi melech, Malchay ha Akadosh Baruch Hu. Shalom aleichem, Malach Ashare Malach hayelyon, Mi melech, Malchay ha Akadosh Baruch Hu. Ay, Shalom aleichem, Malach hayasharei. Baruch Hashem shalom, Malach hayashalom, Malach hayelyon, melech, Malach ha melechim, Makadosh baruchu. Baruch shalom, Malach hayashalom, Malach hayelyon, Mi melech, Malach ha melechim, Makadosh baruchu. Baruch Hashem shalom, Malach hayashalom. Shall Shalom, mala fea shall know. Malay, you mean left malay the Shallow, Malachay, a shalom, Malachay, and the young me, Melech, Malachay, and the lachim, Akadosh Baruch. Take him the shalom, Malachay, a al- shalom, Malachay, and the young me, Melech, Malachay, and the Baruch. Take him shalom, Malachay, a al- shalom, malachi, shalom malachi. Hell yon. O Matamim, the Ruach, the Divah, Iskule ratu Amitan Gimba, the Viri O Rabbe Shabbat Menucha Yom to Israel, O Rabbe O Rabbe Simcha, Shabbat Menucha Tzivitach Pekudim, Memamad Ar Sinai Shabbat Umoadim, Nishmur Laroch Lefanai, Shabbat, Shabbat, Shabbat menucha Yom z'l'Yisrael, O Rav e-Simcha O Rav e-Simcha, Shabbat menucha Yom z'l'Yisrael, O Rav e-Simcha O Rav e-Simcha, Shabbat menucha Ten d'akalev ha-von, in <imitation> mashibura Nima shabnicha, hod neshama yipteira Ten nefesh mitzeira Shabbat 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 Menucha I am the Israel O Ravisimpa O Shabbat Menucha I am Yisrael Israel O Ravisimpa O Shabbat Menucha Kida dahashta be rajda toliko I szybsza mnie na chatoma, na chat lomać Shabbat Shabbat Menochah Yom Zoli Yisrael O Rabbe Simcha O Rabbe Simcha Shabbat Menuchah, Yom Zoli Yisrael O Rabbe Simcha O Rabbe Simcha Shabbat Menochah Li'isur Melachat Zimbitatun Dora Eskehon Meluchah Yom Shabbat Esmohah Yishayla Morah
2: Shabbat will have
1: no time until to miss or a missing O rabbi Simcha, Shabbat minuha, Yom Tov Yisrael. O rabbi
2: Simcha,
1: O rabbi Simcha, Shabbat minuha. Chadeish mita sheinu, Chadeish mita sheinu. Chama shemesh ben zevush, Chama shemesh ben zevush. Shabbat, Shabbat, O Rabbe Simcha, Shabbat Minu Kha Yom Zali Yisrael O O Rabbe Simcha, Shabbat Minu O Rabbe Shabbat Minu Kha O Yo 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 O Yo 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 Jojo you. ese yububumuru deli gem yesur deli me svoe zeyo voyel khali me yoshki dol me the voice of Oh, yo, 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 Ma, you forgive me, Ma, you forgive me. Little sheep, He is not he ah you forgive me Maa, you forgive me please she be
2: done
1: see me
0: Acapella uh, a cappella C D that was released uh, just a few a little while ago, a few weeks ago. Uh, Ellie Beer, the featured uh, lead singer, and they call themselves the Zmiro's choir. Before that, West Side Zmiro, done by Bitachon, you heard Shalom Alechem, Anucha Vasimcha, and Yom Zali Yisrael in that set. Uh, seven forty six Friday morning on this Arab Shabbos Parsha's Matos and Masay. Rabbi Udin will join us from Israel about the double parsha and about concluding uh, Sefer Bamidbar. Candle lighting at 8.12 later on. Many synagogues begin earlier. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Monday's Rosh Chodesh Av. we'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. It's a one-day Monday Rosh Chodesh Av, and that'll be the beginning of the nine days, and we'll feature it by wines, lectures, and other appropriate programming for the nine days right here at JM in the AM. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us for the weekly update here on a Friday morning at JM in the AM, Mr. Honeline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Hey, good morning. And just when you thought that there's so much big news in this world, and believe you me, there is, folks. There's a lot going on in many different countries that we have to discuss. But Mr. Honeline is using this radio program to break what might be even bigger news. And that is on October the 15th. At the Waldorf Astoria in New York City, that's right, October 15th of 2013, the 50th anniversary dinner of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations will take place, an opportunity to pay tribute and support their amazing work. Uh, Guests of honor include the 20 past chairmen of the uh, Conference of Presidents, since there has not been a gathering like this in two decades, and of course Mr. Holmline himself, who will be a guest of honor that evening, it's happening at the Waldorf on October the fifteenth. And Malcolm, I guess so what we should say is everybody should circle their calendar for the big event.
5: Circle the wagons and the calendar <laughs> for this uh, event. It's it's the first dinner we've done in twenty years, as you said. And all the chairmen uh, from that period and myself are being uh, focused on. But it's really a tribute to all of the people who have done so much to make the work of the conference and. Uh, its organizations and its creations uh, possible. And uh, it's not something we do, uh, and probably may, will not do for another 20 years again, but this is a, a very important opportunity. We, you know, we've launched many new programs fighting BTS and delegitimization, Iran lawfare projects, uh, America's Voices, the trips to Israel, the, uh, the secure community network dealing with security communities and all these things take money and when you have a small budget every once in a while we have to catch up. So this is catch up time.
0: Uh, information, will there be a website, will there be a phone number, will there be an invite list, how is this going to work?
5: Uh, all of the above, there will be a website soon, there, it will, they, people can go to the conference of presidents, org. Um, I, I think that there's something there now, but certainly they can always call the conference office at 212-318-6111, 212-318-6111, and we will send out the invitations as soon as they're ready.
0: Uh, is it true that you'll be coming here to the radio station in advance of the dinner to rank the best chair people uh, with me on the air, to uh, sort of do a top ten of the most effective chair men and women over the last two decades?
5: Could
0: be. <laughs> I am pre- not. Be. <laughs> I am preparing my side of the list, trying to think of those who've been really nice to me over the years.
5: Well, actually, I think that they've all been generally very good and uh, very committed people. Really remarkable.
0: Come on, Malcolm. There are some that have shown more than others. S h o n e. Oh, right. <laughs> there are those who have been superstars compared to some of the others. Come on.
5: Well, I think I'll let you rank them. then. <laughs>
0: You don't want to start naming names, I see. Uh, all right, a lot of news this week, quite obviously, and a lot of our listeners are familiar because it's uh, made the headlines. And this and this news story, they actually do report in depth, in depth, at at length. And I'm referring, of course, to the uh, coup, if we call it that, in Egypt. Let's start with you giving us the absolute latest in terms of what's happening in Egypt. Then we'll talk about Israel, U.S. reaction, etc. What's the latest from Egypt?
5: Well, today is Friday, and this is the day the Islamists have proclaimed uh, to be a day for demonstrations. The word is that they're going to march on the defense ministry. Their headquarters is not far from it. And obviously because it was the minister of defense and the generals who who took control and who are today arresting uh, some 300 of the top leaders of the Muslim Brotherhood, many are in jail already, including Morsi who was transferred uh, from his uh, home to a, a prison in, in Cairo. Uh, I think this is a move to try and prevent them from inciting violence and from um, perpetuating uh, the problems, but they will do it anyway. They even arrested the supreme guide, Badi, and his deputy, al uh, Shatter, whom we've talked about, who is considered one of the most powerful probably of the people in the Maasen Brotherhood so that the the army is acting uh, really in a broad way. All the TV stations, the four TV stations controlled by the Maasen Brotherhood have been closed down. They have uh, uh, taken a number of other steps uh, against them. The the tensions spread, and we will talk about later, but about the Sinai and and Gaza where tanks are moving, but inside uh, Egypt itself. You still have the demonstrations by the uh, people supporting the army. You will have probably a large counter demonstration. But Fridays was traditionally the days when the Muslim brother, because the Islamists go to go to the mosque in the morning. Uh, they put in the interim the chief judge uh, Mansour in as uh, as president. But people are already coming out and declaring their intention to run. Uh, yeah, and it could well be that the Muslim Brotherhood will reap right. and and uh, run again. This is not the destruction of the party, but I think it does put into context something we've said, and that is that they probably are not more than 20 or 25 percent of the population. Even though the initial election results, which was more anti-Mubarak and not pro-Muslim Brotherhood, uh, but they won't go away. They're going to they're going to be there like the Mubarak supporters, and how they they manifest themselves in participating or non-participation whether they engage in violence now is going to be a test Egypt has to get focused on rebuilding uh, the the economy and there's no uh, indication that anybody has any plans and think that this all cost them also many days of strike cost them even more money
0: and i could imagine without hitting the streets this never could have happened correct i mean this is absolutely the only way would have been the only way to have accomplished this would be democratically or or something close to democratically elected
5: and the feeling was that they, you were not going to have a democratic election under Morsi. look the mountain brotherhood has a nationwide structure there was nobody else who had now you see these the people finally coming out in, in large numbers. The uh, last time it was less than a million people who participated. And it's so much more this time? It's much, much more. Many more cities, uh, more activity, and still the vast majority have not participated.
0: The images seem less violent. Is that just a perception? Is that... No, I think that
5: is correct. It is it is less violent. The Army clearly was was given instructions not to. They, remember, they flew over the career square, flying flags, not shooting the... the uh, Mubarak troops, uh, the army under Mubarak, was given orders to to shoot. They didn't. They could have done it right away. They right. didn't. But later on, they they killed and hundreds of people died. Here, you see the numbers are more limited, although the number of wounded are are uh, is increasing.
0: Why do people feel it's necessary to stay on the streets at this point?
5: Well, well first, it was to express relief and to celebrate. Right. Remember, they they've imposed. Increasingly strict Islamist legislation, but most of all it's about the economy and the feeling that uh, also the Muslim Brotherhood was increasingly taking control, putting their people in every key position, including the army, or attempting to do so. This is the leadership they brought into the army. Al-Sisi was, was not a Mubarak person. He was brought in by uh, Morsi. Uh, but the rank and file has not yet to which they were in the process of trying to replace the officer corps the people the cadets in the in the officer training schools uh, which may have backfired on them uh, uh, as well they may have gone too far with arresting people like the general guide and others because that will excite the the moslem islamist brotherhood more also to think about the implications in other countries where Muslim brotherhood uh, won whether this will Um, affect them as well.
0: A good example of that would be?
5: Tunisia, Mm -hmm. uh, Libya, uh, Morocco, if it discredits them. Uh, Jordan, where they're fighting to take control, other countries in in Syria.
0: Not to oversimplify things, but what does it say about a country when they... Do in fact elect somebody, unless it was massive voter fraud. But they do in fact elect somebody, you know, with the, and and legitimately someone is put in with the majority of votes among the voting public, and then a year later they're they're ready to <laughs> to kill the guy, basically.
5: Well, it it says uh, a couple of things uh, actually. One about the process of the first election, which was a reaction to Mubarak's overthrow where the Muslim Brotherhood was the only organized party. They were the only ones in a position to field national candidates. They used the mosques to organize. And if you notice the trend uh, of the different elections subsequent to the first one, they went down each time, significantly, in fact. So the number of the votes they got, Uh, Can't be ascribed to Muslim Brotherhood alone. It was a protest vote. It was a vote for change. It was a vote for something new. These guys promised an end to corruption. They promised the other, you know, improving the economy. And in fact, the Muslim Brotherhood was not prepared for it. They had no experience in doing it. They they uh, didn't uh, anticipate. I think all of the problems. But the the it's an accidental presidency because it wasn't their intention to win it initially and right. then
0: and then on top of that they delivered on nothing
5: and they delivered on absolutely not one single uh, uh promise except the fact that they increased the the islamist agenda advanced the islamist agenda uh, there is no infrastructure for governance in, in egypt today you need a nationwide structure that that uh, can in, uh, sustain a country of 80 million people it's, it's huge and Fifty percent making less than two dollars a day. No hope. Uh, tourism, which provided ten percent of the economy, destroyed. The exports destroyed. The Suez Canal endangered. That's why the price of oil shot up because Egypt doesn't really export oil. A little bit of gas, but no oil. But but it's because of the, the, the endangering people's fears that the transport through this Suez Canal could be. Uh, Endangered.
0: Well, not not that I'm overly concerned, but what does this do now to the Muslim Brotherhood? I mean, this must be a big hit for them, uh, you know, internationally, not just in Egypt.
5: That's exactly right, And, and that's what I was alluding to. And you have to see the reaction, you know, for how long we've talked and tried to get people to look at the broader issues and not see just the narrow developments in the Middle East, but to understand that what we're seeing is not simply Muslim Brotherhood emerging, This is about a Sunni-Shiite war. This is about control of the region. This is about economy. This is about failed states. It's about so many things. It's about now Russia versus the United States. It's about Iran versus Turkey. All of these sub-themes run through every one of these conflicts as well. And you see it in the way the king of Saudi Arabia, the king himself, congratulated the the Egyptians for overthrowing the Muslim Brotherhood because they hate them. The Qataris poured in almost five billion dollars into Egypt, and now they have a new ruler. We're going to have to see what uh, what they will do. The Are Iraqis, the, uh-huh. let me just show the sure. Iraqis supported the revolution. The Iranians mourned the, the fall of Morsi because they've invested a lot uh, uh, with him, and, and of course talk about conspiracies and uh, right.
0: what about the syrians
5: And then blamed him for failing to control the the military. Turkey. Um, said that they were anti-democratic, Syria. even though Turkey had reached out to Egypt and I mean Erdogan to. Um, th- so they criticized the revolution as anti-democratic because he had reached out to to uh, Morsi. So you see the split in the region. What about Syria? So Syria has come out very much in favor of the Fall of the Muslim Brotherhood because they broke relations with uh, Syria and because the Muslim Brotherhood is fighting with the rebel forces against Assad.
0: So basically it's really the Iranians and maybe Turkey that are not happy with the developments in Egypt.
5: Who who have so far not, oh, no yeah and Iraq is split. Right. Oh, it is split. It is split, but and remember that Iraq's leaders is is more, is becoming more and more an Iranian operation. But the people are not. So you have uh, a real division in, in Iraq. Uh, Jordan, obviously, will be the king of Jordan, will be very pleased. The Muslim Brotherhood in Jordan will be very unhappy. Right.
0: America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, around the world in the web, jmnam.org, Egypt, as we uh, surmised. Dominating the early part of our conversation this week on the weekly update. Malcolm Homeline is with us live via telephone. All right. Um, there are so many, and maybe I'm just reading the wrong or certain types of commentators, but there are a lot of people who don't like the wishy-washiness that's coming out of Washington. And um, I I know the president is in a very tough spot. You don't know who to support, and you don't know how things are going to end up, no matter who you support. Um, But it seemed like he was sort of giving this, uh, you know, they're going to lose the game but beat the point spread type thing. Like, you know, I'm I'm supporting Morsi, but I'm very concerned that he take the protesters' concerns very seriously. Didn't it look and appear that uh, the president of the United States was taking a real hybrid position on this?
5: Well, there have been uh, so many reports about the activities, for instance, of the ambassador in Patterson, who was scheduled or reported to be getting a very high position in State Department dealing with the Middle East. Now, it's not clear at all that she'll get it. um, That she had called in the cops and others and urged them not to participate in the anti-Morsi demonstrations. Then, uh, when it became clear that that Morsi was not going to last, the U.S. came out and urged, well, earlier urged him to be more accepting of the of the message of the street and right. to try to accommodate and then of course now about a, a transition but they're urging them to go right away to civilian elections and get rid of the military when in fact sometimes you need a military you need a strong leadership to get things uh, stable and uh, the military tended to be more pro-Western uh, so it's a difficult uh, uh, position and they are meeting on it I know at the, every night and uh, spent a lot of time uh, trying to get, get a handle on it. Again, it's one of those situations which, you, you know, whatever they do is going to be wrong, but there were things they could have done earlier, and we were we became too closely associated with uh, Morsi, or seemed to be backing Morsi and the Muslim Brotherhood by statements from the administration and positions they took, etc. And, uh, you know, the United States is going to be put in a tough position. You use the word coup. If this, is, in fact, is a military coup, that automatically cuts off all the aid. Right. Uh, the uh, African Union is suspending Egypt as a member because it's a coup. So the United States is saying, well, it's not really a coup because uh, they can therefore continue. But the, I think that arms sales, which is the bulk of it, $1.3 billion, was front-loaded, meaning they, they've already paid it all. And the economic aid as well, which is about $250 million, um, plus other assistance.
0: So they keep talking about USAID having to be suspended. It doesn't matter. At this point, it may all be there already.
5: Well, it may be there for now, but it does affect next year. And the question is, if it's not a coup, then it's not automatic.
0: Yeah um, would any other and I'm not doing the Republican Democratic thing. Would other presidents have handled this differently? Uh, would we have seen a president of the United States who may have supported Mubarak at the very beginning of this entire process and helped him gain control of the country at that point? Or is this you know I'm trying to get, is this an acceptable way of dealing with it when you're the largest power in the world?
5: Well, I think you can't attribute it just to one administration, because I think there's a screw-up in U.S. policy over time, but I think it's been exacerbated, and certainly uh, in the Arab world, everybody raises the issue of how Mubarak was treated, not the support from Mubarak, but the fact about how the U.S. abandoned him, and that's one of the things that motivates Putin, as I pointed out, is that he's showing that he's loyal to his friends, even if it's costing him politically, and the, the appearance at the United States, whether it was in Syria and other places you know was indecisive hasn't the west generally not making uh, decisions or or reacting in ways that were not the most appropriate i can tell you in the gulf and other places there's a great deal of anger and the the uh, almost absence of the united states from from a lot of the developments in the region or being ahead of the issues but they are complex and and many times you know it appears that that it was an obvious thing to do, but the obvious thing may not be the right thing.
0: How does the U.S. repair its image then, or there's really no way to backtrack at this point?
5: At this point, it's going to be very hard, seriously, very hard, because the the uh, you know we give all this aid, we get nothing for it, we we, we get no credit for it in the countries, and we get uh, certainly not from uh, uh, the regimes often. Uh, Morsi did uh, play the game. Uh, he turned over the relationship with Israel because he knew it's a very sensitive issue in the United States, uh, and especially in Congress and, and the administration, which pressed them on on the issue often and about what they were doing in Gaza. Uh, he turned it essentially over to the army, so that he didn't get blamed and he could, you know, say it's the army dealing with it and it's a security matter. And the security cooperation was really good. Uh, with uh, and certainly in recent months, it was even better. But it was sustained over the time. Uh, They obviously didn't do all we would have wanted in terms of closing tunnels, but lately they were doing them. They closed hundreds of them uh, for their own reasons. But now, in in advance of what's happened, uh, tanks were moved into the Sinai and to the Gaza borders. Uh, The borders have been closed. The Rafah crossing was closed by the Egyptians. Uh, They are very concerned because there were four attacks in the southern Sinai uh, near El Arish, and the, the um, uh, army it, uh, moved right away tanks into the region because Sinai itself is a, is a no man's land, it's lawless, it's, it's uh, filled with Islamic jihad, terrorists, and Al-Qaeda and other groups, and the fear that they, they could organize, they killed some Egyptian soldiers, they, they attacked police stations and uh, other locations, they used rockets against the airport, is a military airport in uh, in the Sinai.
0: So and the pretense of moving those troops in could not have had anything to do with Israel, right? It was just a quell whatever
5: well, it's it's the but they no, they needed Israel's permission to mm-hmm. do it. So of course, you know, the anti Israel guys who guys who an excuse to jump on it will say, Well, you see it's a conspiracy because Israel agreed etc. And and you know, and for Israel this is obviously a, a major concern. We've seen the rebuilding of uh, of Hamas's uh, military capacity, it's estimated they again have five thousand rockets. Some of them medium range that can hit Tel Aviv, even Jerusalem. The um, but this is a blow to Hamas, which was depending on the Muslim Brotherhood to benefit it and to be more sympathetic and supportive, especially the. Uh,
0: is it a blow to Hezbollah as well, or that's unrelated?
5: Uh, it's less related, but it's not unrelated. because Hezbollah itself is taking hits because of their involvement in Syria. But anything that shows popular movements against Islamist groups affects any of them. Uh, and in Lebanon, there is growing dissatisfaction and mounting anger at Hezbollah uh, because of dragging them into this war in Syria, showing that he's really not a liberator. You know, he's the same kind of petty... Um, a politician with the same corruption, etc., and a stooge of Iran being their agent in, in fighting in Syria—that does not play well in a lot of uh, in, in a lot of the uh, Lebanon.
0: At any point in the last week, when when you were analyzing what was happening with the American response to Egypt, did you say now we we can learn what we should be saying regarding Syria? Like, is there any comparison here? Where where one can say now that we've learned this lesson from Egypt, we should apply the same thing in terms of American reaction to Syria.
5: Well, one of the lessons you learn generally is that this assumption that the Muslim Brotherhood represents the popular feeling and popular opinion and is what people really want, and everybody kept saying, you know, you have to understand this is the direction, this is what they what they want to do. It, it tells us this is not what the popular opinion is, and I bet in Syria, which is even more secular that that will be true as well, and that we don't have to cut them a lot of slack. We don't have to, you know, enable them to be an equal player or a significant player. We should be sh- helping to shut them out and shut them down. Obviously, for the rebels, they're not the first target now, but we should be looking a step ahead, especially when you have groups like al-Nusra and, and, and the United States is concerned about it. I'm not saying this is uh, something they're not uh, worried about, but we have to... We have to look at it. and The same thing is true in terms of of Turkey uh, and other places that that you know we, we ascribe uh, the Muslim Brotherhood victories as as uh, expressions of the people. And while they may win an election, it doesn't mean that it's truly a, a democratic expression.
0: Assuming the Twitter news feed I saw is accurate, shots were fired overnight at an Israeli patrol on the Syrian border. This is a question I've been asking you now for three four weeks in a row in terms of activity on the syrian border anything special quote unquote about this episode
5: no and and no real build-up on the syrian front it's something israel's always concerned about It's, it's watching it all the time now um you know you notice how syria has disappeared from public attention not because the fighting has diminished but how that the media can't handle two stories at once uh, it's really quite remarkable when you when you uh, you think about how intensive all the fighting, everything there is, and essentially no attention when the Secretary of State met in a peace conference uh, to talk about the Syrian peace conference with the Foreign the Minister of Russia, Lavrov, in Brunei. Uh, it got almost no coverage, and yeah. I don't think much came of it. And it doesn't look like the peace conference. Even if it materializes, it won't mean much. But I, I'm, I'm not even sure that it can uh, materialize. What do we know the about Russians blaming Russian TV, blaming the U.S. for, for what's going on there, and the Christians uh, fleeing and, and more and more worried about uh, their future? Um,
0: and I'll get back to that in a moment. What do we know about the Jewish American who was killed in the protests in Egypt?
5: It seems that he was an innocent bystander. He was a Jewish student, active in his hillel, who was there on an exchange program or a study abroad program, and um, went outside during the fighting and got caught between the various forces and was killed. You just mentioned it about doesn't appear that he was that he was the target. Right. So forth.
0: Uh, you just mentioned about uh, Russia. All of this uh, in terms because we uh, again this morning we see. Um, uh, in the news, uh, a German reaction, Merkel is looking with a very suspicious eye to the United States regarding the the spy case that continues to... Uh uh, be exposed to uh, what the U.S. has known about so many different countries because of Snowden, etc. You just mentioned the Soviet Union a moment ago. Soviet Union. just mentioned Russia a moment ago. That takes you back, huh, Malcolm? <laughs> 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 mentioned uh, Russia a moment ago, and I'm sure that the Snowden situation only exacerbates Russian attitude and Putin's attitude toward Washington. Would you say that because of the spy case being in the headlines still, it only makes this whole situation more complicated?
5: It makes our international relations more complicated, even if not directly this situation until uh, they come out with more information. And you notice, till now, Israel has not been mentioned as having been a target.
0: And that is because?
5: They may not have gotten to it yet,
0: meaning that not a target of our intelligence agencies.
5: Well, we certainly know that it is a target like other countries, but so why wouldn't have be? been mentioned as one of the countries that were covered? By
0: oh, not gotten to it, meaning meaning the exposure of it has right, not. But gotten he
5: hasn't yet. released uh, most of the information, and they say there's very exclusive stuff. That's still coming. That could be a bargaining chip, but um, it, it has impacted and it, it's taken away one of the issues the United States has has used. Uh, about foreign uh, surveillance, especially China's hacking, etc., this sort of diminishes it. It undermines America's moral standing and and position. The anger, I think, is somewhat exaggerated, and it's mostly not directed at the fact that we're doing it, but the scale at which we were doing Mm. it, that it wasn't targeted to some particular threat to the United States, but seems to have been a massive, uh, much more massive uh, operation. We'll, We'll find out whether that's true, and you know, when you live in an age of terrorism, steps, uh, extraordinary steps, are necessary, but this seems to be uh, way beyond what people so far have been able to justify.
0: Right. So, aside from Putin's loyalty to leadership in Syria, if the U.S. would make an argument that ethically the right thing to do would be to abandon them, they would retort, uh, you want to speak about ethics? You know, in, ter- in terms.
5: Exa- and, and also, they, they, they rebel in anything that puts the United States down and when the United States standing generally an international community is not uh, particularly high or, or and especially given all of the, the issues that we've discussed uh, this further undermines it and gives fodder to, to the others to say you think they're a democracy you see what they do they spy yeah. on their friends they they undermine the security of countries.
0: By the way, is this accurate? Listeners uh, this week claimed... I didn't see this. That's why I'm, I'm putting it on their shoulders. Uh, claimed that when the President of the United States landed in Senegal, there were anti-Semitic, anti-Zionist, anti-Israel signs greeting him. Is that true?
5: Did you... I have not. Uh, I, I did not.
0: Would it be a believable story in African nations?
5: Uh, everything is believable. You have a large Muslim population, and you you can have it uh, anywhere. In in There were... It's interesting, in Egypt, by and large, you've had very little, or almost none, except at the University of Cairo, where they were yelling Haibar, which I discussed, if you remember, a couple of weeks ago, that the Egyptians made a film called Haibar that's right. going to start showing during Ramadan. That is the place in 620, where Mohammed uh, wiped out a Jewish community in Saudi Arabia, uh, and is related in the Quran, but used usually as, an ex- as a cover f- example for what should be done to Israel. They did yell, Haiba Haiba, and uh, that's Israel. And of course, everybody, including Erdogan, repeatedly in Turkey and others, officials in Turkey, people in Syria, uh, and now in Egypt, resort to the conspiracy theories Mm -hmm. and blame outside forces for what's happening. And of course, talk about the Jewish lobby and others when it's just so ludicrous, and yet people buy it.
0: All right, there's no reason not to believe that it could have happened. Uh, while he was being greeted in Africa as well. And finally, the Kerry shuttle. Would you agree with me that news reports over the last seven days since we last spoke seem to indicate a uh, a, a, a real spring in Kerry's step? He thinks that uh, within a few minutes, uh, he can have a peace negotiation completely restarted between Israel and the P.A.?
5: Uh, I don't think that he thinks that he's got a deal brewing. He wants to keep it alive. He wants the process to be alive. I think Israel wants the process to be alive, and Israel has indicated repeatedly their readiness to come to the table. And Abbas, as uh, we uh, expected, uh, is playing his old games, both in terms of preconditions and uh, basically just doesn't want to come to the table. He doesn't want to have to negotiate. I think the Egyptian developments take some pressure off him on one hand, uh, and if it weakens Hamas, that uh, also uh, changes. He doesn't feel the pressure of having to compete with Hamas when it is weakened and its major supporters uh, now removed, and we don't know what will happen in the future. So he may feel less pressure today to have to reach an accord. And at his age, he probably feels that if he can wait it out, and doesn't have to make any concessions. So you might get some sort of a symbolic gathering out of this. But clearly the Secretary did not get what he wanted, and he did some quick shuttle diplomacy. Uh,
0: Does it look bad when he's spending all his time on this issue, when there are so many other places the United States Secretary of State should be concentrating their efforts right now?
5: No, I don't think it looks bad for him. I think it's an attempt. The United States and the Europeans and everybody, you know, gives the United States leeway to do this. Uh, but the fact they don't have uh, results, and and he is putting the onus on Abbas from all the reports. Uh, but people will say, you know, we've got Syria, we've got the Egypt, and we have to focus on those things. If you have a reluctant uh, Palestinian leadership, then let them uh, stew in their own juices and move to other things. But I, I don't think anybody wants to see them abandon the effort completely, because if you do, A, it invites the Europeans and everybody else to do stuff, which will be more detrimental. B, it, it, it gives cover for those who want to go back to Intifada-like activities. Not, I don't believe an Intifada is coming. <clears throat> but look at the statistics for the number of kidnappings, the increase in, in violence and the success of the israeli forces and intelligence agencies in thwarting it but the the fact is that you've had a a, a sharp increase in it
0: wow unbelievable all right monday begins the nine days malcolm and putting things in historical perspective uh, we have to remember to strike a balance meaning obviously we have an obligation to remember the past and certainly the uh, halachic obligation to uh, uh, build up to the uh, saddest day of the year at the same time I'm always happy when you remind everybody that we should remember where we stand now in Jewish history. A lot better off than some of our previous, than most of our previous generations.
5: And the things that we tend to take for granted, and the, the you know the debates that we have over Israel these days, when the fundamental fact of uh, 150,000 people learning full-time that you have a Jewish state with a Jewish army that is able to protect Jews around the world, that uh, the lesson of uh, the nine days and of Tisha B'Av was a lack of achdus. And we're seeing it again, and and this rends the people apart. And frankly, to me, it's the greatest danger we face, more than a nuclear Iran or more than a Muslim Brotherhood. It is the divisions within the community, and we'll talk more about it.
0: Oh, we certainly will. All right, a reminder, if you missed the opening of this conversation, circle your calendars on the uh, 15th of October. We have a chance for some unity, right, Malcolm? It'll be a a night of unity. Am I right or wrong that you will have members of our community of all types of backgrounds there that night for the big Conference of Presidents' Dinner?
5: Every stripe of every kind of Jew will be
0: there. I have a chance to sit at a table with people from uh, from all different areas of Jewish life. How do you like that? All over that? the world. How do you like that? I don't know how I'll be uh, sitting at a table if I'll be chairing the event, but you know. <laughs> it's, the, it's the 50th anniversary dinner of the Conference of Presidents, and the guests of honor, in addition to Mr. Holmline, are the 20 chairpeople who have served in the capacity over the last two decades, since that was the last public recognition uh, during a, a dinner celebration of the uh, accomplishments of the uh, conference uh, chairs. It's happening October the 15th. All the information through the website and phone number of the Conference of Presidents. And as Malcolm said earlier, invitations are coming soon. Mr. Homeline have a wonderful show. I think we're on next week, right? Nine days? We have no reason yep. not to be on, right? Absolutely. All right. Every reason to be on. Every reason to be on is right. All right, Malcolm will join us next week for yet another installment of the Weekly Update. He is the uh, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos here at JM and the AM. Candlelighting time at 8.12 on this Erev Shabbos. 8.12 is your official candlelighting time. Many synagogues begin earlier. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Well, Bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow, Rosh Chodesh Menachem Av, starts Sunday night. It's a one-day Monday Rosh Chodesh, so keep that in mind. As we head into Shabbos. And we're going to wrap up Matos and Masay. And Rabbi Yudin is scheduled to join us from Israel in the next uh, minute or so. And hopefully he will. And uh, we are going to uh, close out the book of Bamidbar with uh, a double parsha, Matos and Mase, this Shabbos. Again to uh, make for a Shabbat Chazak. Mostly sunny today with a high of 91.1. Partly cloudy tonight. Low 76. And tomorrow... Mostly sunny weather, a high temperature, 92 degrees. Yerushalayim is at 88, Tel Aviv at 84, Haifa at 86, and a lot at 99. Up in Guilford, New York, our friends at Camp Messora are enjoying 69 degrees, heading up to 87 for Shabbos. And uh, here in Jersey City, 77 degrees on a Friday morning Erev Shabbos. All right, uh, this time each and every Friday morning, every Erev Shabbos, With great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. This week, we have the privilege of hearing Rabbi Yudin speaking to us directly from the Holy Land.
6: Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum, and good morning to all the listeners and to those here in Eretz Yisrael, it's good afternoon, but could Eretz Shabbos, and what a special Eretz Shabbos it is, we have the privilege of Shabbos of reading the two parshios of Matos and Masay, it is a Shabbos Chazak, and we need all the strength that we can, because the calendar reminds us that this coming Sunday night is Rosh Chodesh Av, we call it Menachim Av, because please God, we anticipate the Nechama the consolation that will come. There will be the building of the third Beis Hamidosh. The Navi promised us, and I take that word back. The Navi Im, the plural prophets, promised us. And remember, on Shabbos, listen to the brachos after the Haftorah. The Dovar. Not a single word of the prophets has not and will not be fulfilled. There's no question. Malachi taught us that Elio'a bo yom Elio'a, will come and he will pronounce the coming of the Moshiach. The Navi Zechariah in chapter 8 tells us that Soma HaMishi the one that we're unfortunately going to be happening when Yom, when the month Chamishi, the month of Av comes in this coming Sunday night and then 9 days later a week from this coming Tuesday is Tisha Av. this will become a holiday but until that happens we have to review unfortunately the laws of the 9 days and so we begin and I'll try to run through quickly and then share an important thought which comes out of our parsha. And that is as follows. The period known as the nine days begins with Shkia sunset this coming Sunday night. And one should not eat meat or poultry or drink wine or grape juice during the nine day period except for please God next Shabbos to which there are no restrictions on Shabbos day. Now, the halacha tells us as follows, that if you use a meat utensil, the utensil that's normally used to cook your chicken soup in, and you uh, made noodles in that pot, you would be able to eat that food during the nine days. And it's only wine and grape juice, as opposed to beer, whiskey, and other liquors, which do not contain wine can be consumed during this period. And you have to ask yourself philosophically, like, what's going on here? And really, for this, you should take a look at the last page of the Perek of Cheskas HaBatim in Baba Basra. And there the Gemara tells us that after the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash, there were those that said, we can't eat meat and we can't drink wine all year long. Why? Because korbanos were brought from meat, and wine was poured on the Mizbeach every single day. The rabbis basically responded to these people and said that while you are well-meaning, it comes down to a very practical point. In Gozring zera al Hatsibur, we don't impose upon the community that which the community cannot accept and tolerate and therefore not to have any remembrance in a practical active sense we can do but we cannot go to the extreme either and therefore the nine days is to be treated seriously but as we'll see hopefully later on it's not simply the abstaining from the meat but it's Focusing on the why, that we are bereft without something. And that's what has to be really ever paramount in our minds during this time. And that's why, interestingly, lo'elenu, it should never happen. There is no availus for a child. Lo'elenu, if a child under bar or bas mitzvah loses a parent, they do not, from the letter of the law, have to sit shiva, nor are veinless by children. However, children over the age of six are required as well to abstain from meat and uh, and fowl and from grape juice during the nine days. If a sick person has to have meat, preferably poultry should be used when possible. Okay, now. When it comes to the Shabbos of the nine days, as we'll speak about, please God, Arab Shabbos next week, there, meat and wine can be consumed as usual, and we'll talk about Havdalah, please God, next week. The further exception to the drinking of wine and eating of meat is if a siyum is done, a completion of a portion of learning, then the meal that accompanies that finishing the uh, tractate or whatever has been finished is considered a Sudas mitzvah and for that occasion the participants who have studied and those who are invited to the meal can partake in the meat and of the uh, wine. The other Sudas mitzvah such as a bris or a pidya Once again, you can't have uh, meat during that time. Swimming is not permitted during the nine days. You can cut your nails during the nine days, but preferably for Arab Shabbos. And except for children's clothing, clothes may not be washed or dry cleaned during the nine days. And one should not iron or press clothes during the nine days. And a non-Jew may not wash clothes for a Jew unless it was given to the non-Jew before Rosh Chodesh Av so no giving in to the dry cleaners please God starting on Monday even if you're not going to wear it until after Tish Av Ba'av new clothes may not be bought or worn during the nine days except for those shoes that might be needed for Tish Av Ba'av one should not sew or fix new clothes during the nine days as well as crocheting needlepoint is prohibited during the nine days painting and wallpapering a residence should not be done during the nine days one should not put down linoleum or carpet and one who rented an apartment or bought a house you can fix paint if the occupancy will not occur until after Tisha B'Av furniture and expensive utensils should not be bought during the nine days, even if no bracha of Shahriyanu need be recited. A car for business may be bought during the nine days, but the bracha of Shahyanu should not be recited until after the ninth of Av. It's inappropriate to give any gifts during the nine days one should preferably not go on a pleasure journey during this time. And even elective surgery, if wherever possible, should be canceled and performed after the nine days. And if one has, unfortunately, a court case involving non-Jews, so... Preferably, that should be delayed from Rosh Chodesh until after Tish Ab'Av. The blessing of HaGomel may be recited during the nine days. And finally, in terms of Kiddush Levana, that too can be done. Uh, before Tish abav and uh, the question then is if you're waiting until the fast so there are those that say you should eat something first but not in the sense of losing dominion each community should follow their particular custom I'd like to share with you a interesting concept that emerges from the first of the two parashios that of Parshas matos Pasha's Matos begins with the laws of vows, and it reminds us how important our particular speech is. That lo yachel devoro, if a person with their speech creates a prohibition, for example, I want to lose weight. It's not happening. So I say that chocolate cake should be prohibited to me. The choker cake is permissible in terms of the ingredients. Everybody else can eat the choker cake. But if I ate the choker cake, it's as if I ate non-kosha. A person is not to profane his uh, speech. And it's a very powerful concept that our speech is to be looked upon as sacred. Now, the Torah then goes on to say that under certain circumstances if a woman makes a nether, a vow and this vow is going to impinge on the normal um, conduct of her household or the relationship between herself and her husband so the husband has the right when he hears about it to annul her vow and so the Gemara in Kiddushin 81 B, gives us the following case. Let's say we have a woman who is a little bit too much into wine, and she'd like to stop her drinking of the wine. So she says, I got a solution. I'm going to become a Nazira, and a woman certainly can be a Nazir, or properly stated, a Nazira, which would prohibit her from drinking wine minimally of 30 days. The husband unfortunately has a hunch, knowing his wife, that she might not be able to last the 30 days. So unbeknownst to her, he annuls her nether. So now the nether is not really binding, but she doesn't know this. She might go two days, and then unfortunately she takes her glass of wine. Now, at that point there, has she done anything wrong? So it's a very interesting question. Think about it. Technically speaking, no, the husband has annulled the vow. There's no vow, she can drink the wine. She's not aware that he annulled the vow, and therefore, in her mind, she was doing something wrong. You'll take a look at chapter 30 in Bamidbar, Pasuk 13, and the Torah says over there, Isha, spelled with a Yud. Ish shalah her husband, Hafiram The husband annulled the vow. V'Hashem Yislachla. But she requires the forgiveness of Hashem. Meaning that because she thought she was doing something wrong when she took the glass of wine, for this she needs to bring a karban. For this she needs kapara. She needs, literally, forgiveness from on high. But Rabbi Akiva came to this passage, the Talmud in Kedushin 81b tells us he cried for the because of the deep, powerful message contained herein. And he said as follows, What if somebody whose intent was to do an Aveira, something wrong, but the last moment they did not, but still, they require atonement if somebody intended to do something wrong, to eat not kosher, for example, and they ate the non-kosher. Then all the more so that they need atonement. Now wait a second. What is the Rebbe Akiva teaching here all the more so? So I heard a very nice interpretation from a colleague, a dear friend, who is the Rav of Moshav Ma'on in Eretz Yisrael, approximately 20 kilometers south of Hebron, whereby this community of approximately 45 families plays a significant role in safeguarding the security of Am Yisrael in an area which is unfortunately threatened by those that would want to take our land. And parenthetically, when we said that there are two mitzvot in Matos, and six mitzvahs in Massey. If the Ramban were listening to my program, the Ramban would say, Excuse me, Yudin, but you're forgetting the mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael. And being in Eretz Yisrael now, forgive me for going off on this tangent, but I just couldn't let it slip by. The realization that, according to the Ramban, going on Aliyah today is a Biblical mitzvah. Now, getting back over here... Rav Stiskin said to me, what is Rav Akiva teaching that we didn't know? Of course we know that if somebody comes to their local Orthodox rabbi and says, I have not been observant until now, and now I want to observe Torah and mitzvos," okay? I ate non-kosher until yesterday. The rabbi would say, of course you have to have kapara, atonement, for what you've done in the fast. What is the Akiva adding by going to this pasuk of isha Hafeira? That the husband has nullified the vows of his wife, Hashem Yisla'a, and God will forgive her. And the answer is as follows. That we would think that the all that counts is the act, what a person does comes along Rabbi Akiva and says that in addition to the act, your intention is so important. And so over here, the person who unfortunately intended over the years or whatever period of time to do something wrong, they don't only require atonement for their action, but they require further atonement for their intention. Now, this is such a powerful idea, I believe, especially for the period of time that we are in now. Unfortunately, you will see advertisements which tell you literally on this weekend, prepare for the nine days. So when you hear that expression, prepare for the nine days, what does that mean? It means, hopefully, focus on, wait a second, what are we missing? We're missing a base Migdash. And what does that mean, to be missing a base Migdash? It means we're missing God's presence in this world. We're missing a place where everybody would come, unlike today that you'll find Chinese and all different kinds of people coming to view the Kotel as a relic of, and this was a very special place for the Jewish people in the pass and just look and see they'll tell the guides will say how people come here nowadays and we haven't forgotten. Do you know what it was to take a look, even though this is the second parak of Pirkei Avos, take out the fifth parak of Pirkei Avos, and see about the ten miracles which applied and happened every single Day in the Beis Hamigdash, that you were able to literally see God's presence in our midst. At such a time, it was clear amim, that God chose the Jewish people from all other nations. And at that point, there, the Beis Hamigdash united us, and so of course there's room for differences among the Jewish people, but there was so much more that united us, so this one you see those ads, prepare for the nine days, it means prepare and understand what we're missing, and we're missing, unfortunately, to use that expression ikar, chasim Sefer. we're missing so much, and instead look at the ad prepare for the nine days, and what are you going to be eating during the nine days, you can't have meat, but you can have sushi the first night, you can have blintzes the second night wait a second, of course we have to eat but this is putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable. This is emphasizing, unfortunately, and making a main thing out of the eating, oh my goodness, leave that part alone, and let's bring back to the nine days, the true intent. And that's what the Gemara tells us in the Darim. The Gemara says, Why did we lose the Beis HaMikdash? Why did we lose Eretz Yisrael for almost 2,000 years? And the Gemara says, Now what does that mean? Literally, they didn't say the Bracha before they learned the Torah. It's very possible that they said the bracha, but they weren't focusing on the bracha. The second bracha, after one gets an aliyah from the Torah, They said, of course the Torah is true, that God has given us. But the first bracha, take note, my friends. The bracha is that God chose us before He even v'nasal l'ano es Torah so, before He gave us the Torah. The idea is the specialty of Am Yisrael, the uniqueness. If we realize how special each and every one of us is, and we act more appropriately, kindly, friendly towards each other, that is a very important step towards bringing back the of Migdash at this time. And so I pray, that the teaching of Rav Kiva will help us focus on not just the act, but the intention of that which we do, and will make us realize, please God, during these very special days, unfortunately, that which we are lacking, and please God, by that kind of a appropriate appraisal, we will appreciate Shabbat Chazak, which this Shabbos is, Strengthening us and bringing us, please God, ever closer to that day of true Geula for Klal Yisrael. Shabbat Shalom to all.
0: J.M. in the A.M. My thanks to Rabbi Yudin, live from the Holy Land, spending some time in Israel and enlightening us on Parshas Matos and Masai. On this uh, Friday morning broadcast. JM and the AM as we continue at 91.1 FM. 90.1 FM in the Catskills. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web at jmtheam.org. It's Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Matos, and Massey. will bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Menachem Av will be on Monday. A one-day Rosh Chodesh. Candle lighting at 8.12 if you... uh Many synagogues begin earlier than that, so make sure you know when things start where you are, but 8:12 is your official candle lighting time on this Arab Shabbos. Well, our friends at Fumio Grill and Sushi, it's funny after uh, Rabbi Yudin's words that we are going into this announcement, but hey, this is a big announcement to benefit JM and the AM, so we're certainly not going to uh, avoid it. Fumio Grill and Sushi, which is located at 21 East Northfield Road in Livingston, New Jersey, you may recall that around this time last year, They came in with a very generous offer to JM and the AM. They know how important this radio program is, and they want to see it survive, and they want to use the summer months to encourage people to come to their restaurant and to encourage people to support our amazing cause. So Ted and AB are here. Fumio Grill and Sushis at 21 East Northfield Road in Livingston, New Jersey. Gentlemen, welcome back to JM and the AM. How are you, Nachum? Hey, good morning. Baruch Hashem, I'm doing fine, and I hope things are doing well over at Fumio. Have we had a nice summer in this... uh... Well, what's the summer been? Like a week or so? Have we had a nice summer so
7: far? Well, the summer's beginning, and it's <laughs> becoming really, really, really hectic around Fumio. Uh, you know, even the even the, uh, the patrons are realizing, and like, what's going on? You guys make kugels? And I'm like, yeah, that's the Feinschmecker name. And then we're doing catering. And oh,
0: gosh, now you're it. jumping ahead. Now you're really <laughs> jumping ahead. You guys were awarded Best Kosher Restaurant by Joy of Kosher Magazine for 2012. Congratulations on that. Thank you so much. Thank thanks, you. Thanks. How many uh, restaurants were in the running? you have any idea? Uh, well, it was the entire world, actually. Every kosher uh, restaurant uh, every was eligible to be number one. One. Correct, and they Correct. voted you number and one. And they voted us.
7: Yeah, yeah. Can you believe it? How'd you celebrate? You, ma- you made
0: a sushi tower and sat around <laughs> and just celebrated. Is that what happened? Well, we se-
7: <laughs> basically <laughs> Nachum. We know you love
0: that. You know, I haven't had invite you back. I, I like the sushi. I have not had the tower yet, but that's something I'd like to try one of these days. Didn't your wife have the tower? Which I don't think we do? had the. Th- Maybe we did. I, you know, I don't remember anymore. <laughs> All I know is it was great food that I could tell you. Thank you. Um, so um, everybody in uh, in the uh, tri-state area is coming on down to Fumio, and when you come to Fumio during the month of July or August, including the nine days menu that they're going to be featuring, if you mention JM in the AM, a portion of your bill is donated to this great radio station. Now, you just mentioned that in addition to the brand of the actual restaurant, which is Fumio on East Northfield Road in Livingston, you have... You are supervising, or you have released your products under a name called Fine Schmecker, right? And right. the Feinschmecker Schmecker brand is what and is available where? Feinschmecker Schmecker brand. First of all, I would like to tell people, uh, Fine
7: is uh, an aficionado, a connoisseur, right? That's what I mean. Feinschmecker is a person who likes, who has right. good taste. Um, our Feinschmecker brand um, is located in the three shop rights uh, in Essex County and Union County, uh, Elizabeth Shoprite. Um, Livingston ShopRite and West Orange ShopRite. Um, so you can find it, you know,
0: wherever, wherever, uh, you know. Which means what? You walk into those supermarkets, there's like a special section or, or well, what?
7: Well, they have a kosher deli department. Right. Um, and in the a kosher deli department, they have uh, an array of foods like they have in any other deli. Right. Um, so all those prepared
0: foods are prepared by us. Right. right? So when you, know, you say Kugel, us. you're not joking around. Exactly. There are kugels today in those ShopRites that you there prepare. Exactly. Diet and regular. You fill up the shelves. Here and we go. Sushi included. Uh, and that's in the ShopRite in Livingston, the ShopRite in West Orange, the ShopRite in Elizabeth. Correct. I got all, or no, got no, all three? I got that's Okay, that's
5: all three.
7: There's others in the works. And also, we always like to tell customers that if you, if you want us
0: in your local ShopRite, just right. go ahead and talk to the manager. All right, um, and they're uh, they're into the whole concept. Yes. So it's a win win situation. It's a win win. All right, Ted, you happy with this? It's working. Oh, yeah. out? yeah, yeah, it's great. It's nice walking into a supermarket in New Jersey and seeing a nice kosher section of prepared foods. Ike fell. I- <laughs> I'm sure you do, but it's no joke. There are states in this country until you guys did this in Jersey, there are states in this country that had all this stuff. You know, you, you go to certain cities in Texas and they have this most amazing prepared kosher section we did not enjoy that here now you're helping make that a reality here so uh now we're catching up thank god all right and um and you're doing a uh a serious bit of catering we should mention right we're doing a serious bit of catering under the name of your bite of heaven your bite of heaven correct because you're guaranteeing that the meal will taste heavenly 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 bite boy oh boy you're going out on a limb there I'm taking listening. a risk, you know, ahead of, <laughs> of, of, me, course, of Gosh. Ted, Ted, Ted knows how to choose his names. <laughs> so how does that work? I mean, uh, just what do you have, a phone number people can call and uh, hire right. you guys? for Right. Uh, so if you'd like to ha- use us
7: for either catering or, you know, have a local Feinschmecker uh, brand, Baba Ganoush, all you got to do is call 973-994-2344. Again, the number is 973-994-2344. And if you call again, uh, we will up until Yom Kippur Rosh Hashanah time, we will be giving a, a portion of that uh, proceeds to uh, JAM and the AM.
0: Yeah, all summer long, folks. Uh, and it's an early Rosh Hashanah, so go eat now, <laughs> so that we can get those uh, those donations in as soon as possible. Our friends from Fumio Grill and Sushi are here. East Northfield Road in Livingston, New Jersey with the beginning. Oh, I meant to post it. I already wrote it out. Just got officially posted on Facebook now that you guys are offering this for the summer, maybe this weekend, maybe Sunday. 100%. Sunday's even a busy day during the summer, right? Well,
7: this Sunday, well, let's first start. The nine days are coming up. That's and, right. And uh, don't just think of grill. I mean, when you think of grill, there's a lot of fish in the sea. And um, <laughs> and we have, uh, a, you know, Arctic char, which is a, you know, saltwater trout. We have uh, Alaskan halibut. We have yellowfin tuna. We have, you know, we have, uh, you know, different varieties of fish, not just your local gefilte fish. So, I mean, you, you know, really come on down. And, so
0: and Sunday night... Because it will not begin till late, uh, folks could have your delicious steak. And then Monday
5: night, they can oh, yeah. come
0: in for these things that you're exactly. offering. And if you want Amazing. to try out some big steaks, I mean, we have some big steaks. Uh, what's the signature steak, which is the one that we're recommending for this Sunday night? Because after it, all, it's for a lot of people the last time they'll right. have meat for a while. It long. is the
7: King Cut. It's a 32-ounce bone-in <laughs> prime beef ribeye. Boy, I mean, oh that, that thing is, is That sounds you know, rough. Succulent.
0: Oh, yeah. That sounds rough. Oh, sounds oh, yeah. like an accomplishment <laughs> when you get through that. <laughs> if you
7: get through that, we'll, we'll buy it. <laughs> Don't say that. You'll regret it. Oh no! We had, we
0: had the, the the boys in Morris down tried. They couldn't do it. Oh yeah, they tried. Wow! All right, and then as you say, full nine days menu beginning Monday. Uh, besides the sushi, all the delicious grilled fish that you just mentioned, and exactly. I'm sure many others as well. Exactly. Uh, Fumio Grill and Sushi. Check out their nine days menu. They're doing a whole bunch of stuff, including catering under the name Your Bite of Heaven. You can contact them at uh, 973-994-2344. And we don't have time to really get into it now because we're up against the clock, but um, there is a, uh, a way for organizations and synagogues to actually use your services as a fundraiser, right? That's correct. So we should mention that because you want to hear from shul presidents, et cetera. Yes, um, we, we will uh, uh, meet uh, and in most cases beat uh, any uh, legitimate catering uh um, quote that you got and donate
5: 10% of the gross total back to the synagogue where it's banked uh, for future events where uh, you can use the the synagogue can use um, uh, the bank money up to 50% toward the next catering job sort of like a deposit exactly all right
0: So you can take advantage of that. Contact our friends at Fumio, and they'll speak to you about that if you have an organization or synagogue that wants to take advantage. That's the story, folks. A big shout-out to our friends at Fumio Grill and Sushi, who have again announced that the summer of 2013, in this case, will be the summer of JM and the AM. If You come in during July and August, whether you're eating uh, fish or meat, uh, mention JM and the AM, and a portion of your bill is donated back to our wonderful Radio outfit right here. If you want information about the restaurant or about catering or about the Feinschmecker brand that's found now in three ShopRite stores around and about Livingston, West Orange, and Elizabeth, call 973 994 2344. 973 994 2344. Ted, AB, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you very, very much. much bring for us, us millions of dollars, please, from this program. We're trying. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that very much. And have a wonderful summer. JM and the AM will wrap things up coming up. You keep it right here at JM and the AM and
1: she <laughs> Kalu well now she get Udah. Isn't Ali Mayo I shall have my I shall
0: that is the um, brand new Miros a cappella CD that we've been featuring. A 2013 release at J&M. Time to say good Shabbos. Journeys is set. This is an Arab Shabbos. Parsha's Matos and Masseh as we close out the book of Bamidbar. Candle lighting at 8.12 on this Arab Shabbos. Time to say good Shabbos with Journeys at JM in the end. my brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you with your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners to sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. And that will close out another great week here at JM in the AM. Monday, our nine days format takes over. Vera Wines lecture series and many other great things coming up. Uh, Starting on Monday. Don't forget JM Sunday with Matis coming up at uh, 12 noon Eastern, at 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the stream. At 10 a.m. At 7 a.m. Eastern Time on the stream on Sunday at jmtheam.org. And uh, Executive Assistant of Rummy tomorrow night with Saturday Night Siegel at 10 p.m. Eastern Time on the stream at jmtheam.org. Pay careful attention all day long on our stream for a great Arab Shabbos election to get you going as you prepare for this. for this Shabbos. Have a wonderful Shabbos, great weekend. Until next week, Nachum Sigo reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.